Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? And can I just say, oh my gosh, uh, do we have an interview for you all today? We were so, so excited when we first heard about this guest. And I just, I like, I love it. I love it. So exciting. So it is Tiffany Thiessen, and we both grew up watching her on all the shows. She was on Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210, White Collar, which I got very into, Alexa and Katie, which makes us cool in our daughter's eyes. We were just looking forward to this interview so, so much. And you're going to hear it. But when we got on with Tiffany, she is the realest, like most genuine, nicest, easiest to talk to person. And she was a complete joy. Oh, 100%. As a matter of fact, like when she got on, we started talking about so many things. Like a good 10 minutes after, I'm like, guys, I haven't started recording yet. We need to back this up. (laughs) We need to back this up. And we didn't even get any of our back this up conversation into the episode. No, there was so much to talk about. So much about. And you guys are so, and I'm going to say you guys really have me close to moving my cheese on something in this episode. You guys convinced me to try something new, which is not an easy task. So you need to listen to this interview. Uh, A little heads up, when we interview Tiffany, and probably right now when it airs, that SAG after strike is still going on. And so we weren't allowed to bring up any projects or any television shows whatsoever. So know that even though we're huge fans and would have loved to talk to her about that, it was just not possible this time. So Tiffany Thiessen, she is an actress, host, and cookbook author. And her newest book, Here We Go Again, Recipes and Inspiration to Level Up Your Leftovers, is available for pre-order right now. So go and check those bookstores and go check out Amazon for that. And she has two kids and lives in California with her family. In this episode, you're going to hear about this crazy thing that Brie is on the edge of doing and me as well. And Tiffany has also offered to coach us on, by the way. (laughs) Which you need a coach for this, I think. I need a coach for this. I do. You need a coach for this. As well as how she grew up and how she loved cooking and the biggest person against leftovers in her house. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Tiffany. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. We have been looking forward to this interview with you for weeks now, and we're so excited it's here. I'm so excited too. Big fan over here as well. So I've been getting obsessed with your Instagram reels and stories of all your cooking stuff. And I mean, I even commented on it where you put wine in the hamburger helper dish. And I'm like, you better have poured yourself another glass of wine. <laughs> well, did you not see that I literally took a sip before? Of course before. I did. It is more than a sip. <laughs> You've got to make sure the wine is good, right? You have to Exactly. Exactly. All this cooking journey, like I could literally watch cooking shows all the time. Aren't they soothing? Me too. I'm sort of the same. Like even before I kind of ventured into the food world uh, in in my career, I was that person that always had food and cooking shows on in the background. One, because it's it's family friendly. Yes. You know what I mean? 
And so, and it's very calming. It's very like, that's how I feel about cookbooks too. Like, it's funny. I buy cookbooks because I love the photography. I love the recipes. I love the stories behind the recipes. And half the time, not all, but I mean, I do love to cook from them too. But a lot of times I love just looking at them and reading them. Yeah. And and it gives me inspiration to do something possibly different, you know? Yeah. You learn like all these tricks. Yeah. It gives me inspiration to hope that one day my dish will look similar. Not the same, but just in the same category as the pictures of those dishes. You know, Looks does not matter. It's how it tastes, right? I've been telling people that for a long time. It doesn't and matter. And I about tell my family that a little bit of black char is good for them. It's not that bad. <laughs> I agree. Agree. I say that to my kids too, just so you know. I say the same that thing to my kids. That is a joke in my house. I can't, I can't not burn anything. We need to get into that because your new cookbook's all about leftovers. And I have to say, leftovers are a big fight in my house. Same. Yeah. Like, well, it was a fight. It was a fight in my house, too. So it's funny that you say that. I think it's very normal for people to kind of uh, put their nose up at leftovers. My husband was that person. He's like, you know, I had it once. I really don't want it again. And I said, you know, there is something to be said about leftovers. Some things are actually better the second and third time around. Thanksgiving is one of them. Pizza is another one. Like there's lots of things that do really well, if not better, the second time around. And it's funny because also he doesn't understand that it doesn't mean just the, you know, the Mexican food that you had at a restaurant the night before that we're going to make it into something else. Like it's more than that. My book is really more than that. It's really also based on teaching my children, especially and my husband too, but really my children and people not to waste. And, and statistically, it's a scary kind of thing. And I'm just going to go down this road just for a second. 40% from farm to table gets wasted of food. 40% people like that's crazy to me. And so I really try to teach my children like there's things that we can be really creative about in the sense of like that little bit of potato chips that are at the bottom of the bag. Don't throw it away like it's broken and all that. and You don't want to eat it and you don't want to dip it into something. I can show you something else to make with it. And that's what this book is about. It's not just the Mexican food or, you know, the leftover pasta that you had at an Italian restaurant or, you know, pasta that you had last night. It's other things like in your pantry and in your fridge, you know, vegetables that are starting to go a little soft. I can show you what to do with them before you waste them. I love that. I could already think of the potato chips and I'm like, oh, I could put those in cookies. Wouldn't those be yes. good? Potato chip cookies with chocolate chips, with like the crunchy thinking. and the salt. I love it. I love your brain. All of those things. Have a good brain. Oh my, I, I, I will think <laughs> dessert all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And salty, salty and sweet together, like is the best. We put, so I got my daughter on this. We have a box of Maldon salt in our pantry and I will put that stuff on everything. And I don't even know what that is. It's just flaky. It's the flaky salt. It's the flaky sea salt. It's so good. I've been trying to emulate that at home with like my salt. And I'm like, it doesn't taste the same. Oh, just like avocado toast. My kids love it on avocado toast or just like, oh, yeah, cookies, chocolate, whatever. You could be a fancy chef. Just put a little of that salt on it. You're good. Yeah, she's right. She's really right. I loved reading about your story in regards to food and cooking and especially about how you grew up cooking with women in the kitchen. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up with wonderful women. My mother, my grandmother, my aunt, they were all in the kitchen, always cooking together. And it didn't even have to be a holiday, which that was a big to do. And I was just that little girl that always peered around the, you know, the the wall looking at these women having so much fun in the kitchen. I, of course, wanted to be with them. 
So my love really kind of started off as more admiring the kind of fun they were having in the kitchen to then the creativity that they were creating together to then what meals really do for families. And then as I got older, you know, I was traveling all through Europe as a teenager for some popular TV shows that I was on and and really kind of my love of food kind of blossomed even bigger into different cultures and going over to Europe and other places in the States and Southern food and, you know, East Coast and fresh fish and all of that and how food really is the start, kind of like music, where it really does evoke emotion and it really brings people together. And and so my love of food started very, very young and it just kind of developed you know, sort of bigger and badder as I got older, you know. We should take every kid on a tour of the world. So that way they can learn to expand their palate. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's it's so important. I think there's two things. One was travel. And the other thing, my dad was a landscape architect. So he was always growing food in our backyard. We had chickens, which we do as well. And growing food has also been a huge sort of eye-opener for my kids, and I know it was for me as well. Seeing how food and where it comes from and really watching it grow from the ground also was a was a huge thing for me. That's awesome. Like, I, I have to say, like, the travel thing with kids, it's really hard getting kids to try new foods while traveling. Like, we just went to Paris and Germany in June with my kids, and my husband and I oh, were saying fun. to each other, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. But did they kind of feel like they were sort of in a new place to maybe be more open about trying or no? Was it You hard? know what? They did, especially in Germany. And they tried some, some kind of new to them. Like in Saxony, Germany, there's this stuff called Maltaschen, which is dumplings. It's like meat-filled dumplings. And initially, my daughter was like, no, nothing new, nothing new. I'm surprised. I would think she would do it. But, oh, no. She's so worried about poisoning. I don't know what like. This <laughs> oh, really? That's the same thing with That's leftovers. So funny. Leftovers, too. Really? She's like, they've gone bad, mom. They're they're a day old. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not a day old. Like, they're, they're not. <laughs> but it's, it's that kind of just trying to get kids to try things and be adventurous is. Yeah, to be adventurous. And I think we're also at a time where I think with the pandemic and all that, there's been a lot more, you know, sort of worries and anxieties that, you know, we really didn't have before. Right. And so that's something to kind of also listen to, but to also hopefully open up a little bit. TikTok you know? has so. opened my daughter. She she'll watch she watches TikTok and now she'll be like, I want to try this Korean dish. And I'm like, I don't I don't I don't even know where to start with that. Where do I where do I that's get great. it? You know, maybe maybe that's the one positive of social media it for is, our children. It is for her. That's literally you know, it's so funny. It's the fight that I have with my daughter because she's not allowed to have it. And and she will right. eventually, but she's 13 and she's not. And I said, if you can send me an article that t- shows me from a, a respectable doctor or something how important and how good social media is for your brain and your body, then we'll talk about it. And she hasn't found that article yet. She hasn't found it. <laughs> I needed okay. you three right. years ago, but that's okay. We've opened Pandora's box. We are there now. My husband and I are like, well, you know what? The one thing we got going for us is that she'll eat whatever she sees on TikTok. It's a start. It's a start. <laughs> that's good. There's a that's a positive. Just I'm not I'm not gonna share that with my daughter, yeah. but that is a positive. Yeah. That is a great positive. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs, even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, 
but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah, no, one of our frequent guests here at uh, the podcast is Devorah Heitner. And uh, if you haven't checked out her work, it is amazing about mentoring kids through social media. And that's who I look to a lot. I'm going to have to because we're in that constant weekly battle of please mom I'm the only one who doesn't have it I'm left out mom you know like those oh, things constant oh, the joys of that's teens. the one that it's we so ran hard. into too. I know how hard it is I remember how hard it was being a teenager and there are new difficulties we are living in that we didn't have and I get that and I totally totally get that I just again you know we're, we're moms we're parents we want to protect our kids as much as possible but also I would think for that brain you, is so, so fragile for you, there's an additional complexity because you're so in the public for eye sure. and then having your yes. child in a social media account, that must be like, like that's yeah. something that we don't have to deal Whole with. Different level. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yes, yes, there is. But I still think the things that I can get concerned about the most, because a lot of these can be private and whatever, and a lot of people don't have to see it is really just the cautious part part of it like right like that's the thing the that hard all part. of us have. i know what it does to me i know yeah. the pressure it does to me and i'm almost 50 years old you know what i mean like that's what's crazy and so to put that on a young on a brain i mean there's new studies about how just the short-term stuff is actually causing more kids with add and and not being able to cope and all these like massive studies and i'm just like her brain's still 
still moving and growing and all of that. Right. So, yeah. I know we'll give in eventually. I know we'll have to, but I'm going to hold out as long That's as I can. That's a good can. idea. And that whole privacy, that whole privacy thing is a sham because here's what my daughter does. She's on Snapchat. And she's like, mom. Yeah, that's what she was. So that's what my daughter wants. The Snapchat. My, my daughter's like, mom, give me your phone. And she'll take a picture of her phone with a with a, like she'll take a picture of whatever post there is on my phone so she can keep it from somebody oh, else. That's so funny. It's yeah. yeah. yeah they get around everything. They get it because they're smart. They, they're yeah. super, super smart. Super and smart. I get it. And, I, and we love that they're smart. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I know. So on on social media, I've noticed that you're doing something that I'm really kind of interested in, but I'm a little afraid to do. It's the ice bath. Oh, yes. I don't know. I heard you talking about that on another podcast. Well, I'm obsessed. I think if people have been following me, they've been seeing that I've been pretty religious about it since the first of the year. I I was always a fan of it. So I I give credit to my in-laws. So my brother-in-law and sister-in-law who are from Houston, Texas, they're my husband's family who I'm very close to, my sister-in-law is like my best friend. They're in the health world and my brother-in-law is a trainer and and he's, you know, they're both very health conscious. And so they've been doing plunges for five years. This is way before it became like popular mainstream, right? And I and I give them credit because it really does come from them. And so we used to do it all the time when we go to Texas as a family and they started this community sort of ice bath on Sundays with their community of friends and neighbors and people they, you know, he, you know, my, my brother-in-law's name is Wooch, he trains. And so we used to always get in on that when if we were, you know, traveling in, in there at the time. And so I loved it. I know the benefits of it. I learned all about it from them. And so, and then they would come here and we would do it here together. And so this last Christmas in December, I got to a very dark place. And I'll be very honest. I, I threw up my back. Oh. I don't know how. Oh, gosh. I have no idea if Why? I work out all the time. I'm very healthy. I'm strong, but I threw out my back. And maybe it's just because, yeah, I'm going to be 50 soon, right? So I threw out my back and it took me to a place that was very dark. And normally I'm a very positive, uplifted, I, I just who I am. And I remember going, what am I going to do? And it really had me understand that my my sort of mental state had so much to do with everything that I like my working out and how I interact with my children and me cooking. I couldn't do any of that. So I went, I was really depressed. And so I was trying everything I could. I was, I was doing the icing, but like, you know, compact icing, heating. I was doing this, the sort of tens machine, you know, the like electrodes, you know, I was going to my chiropractor and it was slowly getting better, but it wasn't in my time frame. I was like, this needs to be fixed now. And so I had to travel back to Texas for it was our turn to go to go to Texas for Christmas. And I knew I was going to be ice bathing. So I was this is going to be great. And it was the day before we were leaving. And I went to my chiropractor and, he, and I've known him longer than my husband. I've known him for such a long time. He's a very dear friend. And he said, I've never seen you like this. Who are you? He goes, you came in and I could see the dark cloud literally following you. He goes, you've got to stop. He goes, this is not you and you're making it worse. I know he goes, I don't mean to be you know, blunt, but you are. And it really kind of showcased like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like my mental state has everything to do with what's going on in my body. I've got to stop. And so I really did try to turn my mental state. I started doing ice bathing and we did it again in Texas. And I said, I need this to be a part of my life now. And I'm going to create what they were doing in Texas at home. And so we started doing ice bathing just with old fashioned ice and water in these huge stock tanks that I got at the home improvement store. And it became a thing. 
where I really enjoyed what I knew I was, you know, sort of doing in Texas and what my family was doing for a long time, we started doing here. And I'm obsessed. It it's really unbelievable. It's hard, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I compare it to childbirth, natural oh childbirth, God. which is what I did the first time. I I didn't but have the joy. I will say this. <laughs> I will say the difference, okay? It's only three minutes where I was 30 hours with my daughter. It's three minutes because that's where the benefits start. And it is, it does show you how strong mentally you can be if you can put your mental state in the right place. And the benefits are endless. You get like a rush endless. afterwards, right? Like for it, like 24 it's the hours. Dopamine. Dopamine. The, dopamine, the dopamine effects you get, okay. they compare it to people who drink or do drugs or whatever. But the difference is the dopamine effect stays for a couple hours and it doesn't drop like it does with alcohol. It doesn't with drugs other things like that, right? Where you only get it for a few minutes and then drops drastically and becomes a a, a depressant, right? Ice bathing gives you the dopamine even higher than those artificial ways. And it stays for a couple hours. So you feel like you could literally climb Mount Everest. That's what fascinates me about it. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. It's the right mental state that you just pretend like you're not in the ice bath. Like what? What? (laughs) I don't know how to do that. There's there's, yes, I mean, it's kind of like childbirth. You know you're going to get something great out of it, right? And you have to focus on the the what's going to happen for you afterwards, the benefits of anti-inflammatory, the mental part, focus you can have. I, I've had weight loss because of it. My cellulite's gotten better. I'm not kidding you guys. It's like been truly I've life-changing. I've heard so many of the benefits of it, but I'm just so scared. I used to be a high school swimmer and like getting into a cold pool, I know you get used to it. So you've got it. like old residual, like I, I felt the same way. I grew up by the beach and my brothers used to always surf and I'm like, oh God, the ocean is so cold. But you have to mentally prepare yourself, know that it's only a few minutes and really dive through. The first minute is, I will tell you the hardest. Hell, yeah. Yeah. But once you get past that first like 45 seconds to a minute, you kind of do get to a numbing sort of factor. And if you're doing old school icing and water, I find it to be slightly easier than, say, like the actual like plunges that a lot of companies are doing. And and I was very beneficial. The, the company Plunge actually sent me one. So I actually can do it all the time now, which I am. I see those and I'm like, I, and, I, and I'm obsessed with it. I'm not, I know it's not cheap and I was very lucky to be given one. And so I, I'm saying that, um, but it is life-changing. I don't have to go, I don't have to go schlep freaking, you know, 200 pounds of ice back to my, you know, to my house and fill it and do all that. And then it melts and it doesn't last. And it's hard. But I think for people who are just trying, filling your bathtub up is a great way to start. Truly. I don't know it where truly, to get the ice. In. Just go to the grocery store and buy the bags of ice. Yeah. Use that ice. Yeah, totally. Yes, I was like, absolutely. The ice my fridge produces probably wouldn't make it. Does it make it back to your place? Yeah, I mean, heat? it does. <laughs> it doesn't get melted? Oh, it, <laughs> it does. If you just, if you know you're going and you come straight back and you throw it right into your bathtub and, and I would recommend putting the ice in first, then filling it up because it actually cools the water better. And depending on how big your tub is, you know, depending on how much ice you want to do. But if you're starting out, don't go crazy. Do a little bit at a time. That's how I've told people, you know. And and like I said, we've had a lot of new people come and do it with us on Sundays. And it's been really fun. And I've been able to help them coach through it because breathing, just like childbirth, has a lot to, to do with it. You know, Wim Hof is a really big guy on social media that you can watch him and kind of get sort of, you know, a good basis of how you should be breathing. 
which is super, super helpful. You need an ice bath coach, like a labor coach. You kind of do. I'm not joking you. I'm telling you, I compare it to childbirth for a reason. There are a lot of similarities. It's just shorter, which is a good thing. But the effects are great where after childbirth, yes, you get the dopamine effect of having a beautiful baby next to you, right? Yeah. But you also have hormones that go walk. (laughs) You don't have that. You don't have that with ice bathing. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to try it. And I'm going to try one bag of ice first. And so I like your idea. There you go. One bag. As always, I will let you do the hard work and then you come back (laughs) to me with the clip notes and I will try to move my cheese it up to jump in. I don't know. We'll see. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. (laughs) <laughs> but I love, Tiffany, how you've made it a ritual, like a community bonding yeah, event in ice bathing. And it's been really fun because the kids come over like, you know, we have some kids that are doing it, too. And and there's been great study with kids for focus, you know, who like either suffer from ADD or ADHD. I have a lot of friends who suffer from anxiety who are doing it. They've noticed massive differences in their anxiety levels. But we do. We make it a huge sort of community of people, friends, neighbors, school parents. And they bring their kids and the kids are all outside playing. So they're outside having fun, connecting in their own way. And us parents are doing something good for our mental state and our bodies. So you is know? it like, it's great. I'm trying to picture this. So does everyone use the same ice bath and you guys just take turns in it? You're kind of like cheering each other yes. on. And yeah, we do. We, we, now have t- we now have two because we've gotten so many people, which has actually also been really fun because especially for new people who have never done it. They'll go with somebody who's, you know, a little more set and know how to do it. And so I'll go with a new person and I'll hold their hand and I'll walk them through it, you know? Okay. Anybody that's listening to this or Tiffany, there you go. That's your new side gig. Like it's like as if you have the time. But yeah, that's what you need. Well, it's It's so funny. It's been really fun. It's so funny because in our in our coaching community balance, we uh, encouraged our moms in there to do like a community bonding event, like inviting people over. And I'm like, it could be an ice bath. Oh, no. I'll tell you, if you do it, I will offer my services. Not that I'm like, you know, but I'm telling you, I've been doing it for a while. I would totally come and help you set it up. (laughs) I would do it for that reason alone, Tiffany. I'm... I might hold you to that. (laughs) Maybe. I I, Yeah, I would... Oh, God. (laughs) I can't even... I would do it. 
I would do anything once. I would do it. I would do it. Maybe not. I think that's a great attitude. Truly. I I think it's a great attitude. I really do. Trying something once. And it's something to be said, too, where, you know, I love showing my kids that I'm doing something good for myself that might be hard, but it's good for you. And that's fantastic. It's kind of like broccoli, right? With my little one. I'm like, broccoli is good for you, dude. Just just chug it down. Be done. You know, not... Don't overthink it, right? Yeah, I just had that conversation with my daughter recently about broccoli. Literally that exact same conversation. Or just eat something. Well, going back to to the leftovers topic, because like, ag- again, like usually our leftovers are the healthy meals where the leftovers will be in the refrigerator and my kids will be like, oh, there's a freshetta pizza that we can make instead. Or let's pull out a Lunchable. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, like how... How did you get your husband? Well, I mean, it was your husband. How did you get him? It's really, over my the husband, hump? because because most of the time, I can easily revamp something that my kids have no idea. And I give credit also to my mother. My, you know, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. My mom was always stretching food from Monday's roasted chicken to something else on on Wednesday. You know what I mean? It was an enchiladas the next day. So it was always that sort of idea that I grew up with that I knew my mom was always doing just to stretch the food and stretch the money throughout the week. My dad, a lot of times, was working two jobs just to allow my mom to be home and and really be able to be there for us. And so, you know, I had two brothers. So I grew up sort of that with that mentality. And as I've gotten older and had my own family, it was more about, you know, food waste, you know, climate change, wanting to teach my kids not to waste. And also just being creative, like it's an it's being creative in another way. Like I love to cook and I love to do recipes, but really going in my pantry and going, okay, I'm almost done with that. What can I do with that? It could be really fun. And and really thinking outside the box a little bit. And we read also that you don't like to meal plan. I do. I don't meal prep. Meal prep. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I meal plan because I am a total writer and I'm a list maker. I'm very type A when it comes with that stuff, but I'm not a meal prepper, if that makes sense. Because that spins all day. Yeah. You you waste. It's all freaking day. Or it's like my Sunday to try to prep for re- the rest of the week. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's just it's just too hard. But I am a meal planner. I definitely am a meal planner. I try to plan out what I'm going to buy at the grocery store if I need anything or what's in my fridge that I can redo. And I kind of plan out the meals for the week. But I'm not prepping it. I'm just knowing what I'm going to do that day. So are you thinking like when you are planning for meals that you're always thinking what ingredients you might make extra of that will take you into the week? Or is it more of a just seeing what you have extra of and me- being creative from there? It's different every time. Like, you know, if I'm going to make a big vat of chili, I know I can do something else with it. I could freeze it. I mean, chili is also really easy to freeze. So it just depends on the food and and sort of what my kids are wanting. You know, I, I really try to get feedback from them, too. Like, what are you wanting this week? Let's talk about it. We want to have taco night on Tuesday, you know, stuff like that. And then I sort of figure out like, oh, you know, it'd be really good to take that taco meat and make it into the chili that I want to make on Friday. Just stuff are your like kids that. learning some of these skills, too, on how to, like, repurpose and they better <laughs> hammer it in. No, um, no, they do. They do. It's funny. My my kids were. Bigger in the kitchen when they were little. Then they went through phases where it was it's all about sports right now and homework and summer plans and wanting. And now my daughter's like too busy. She's either book club or she's got volleyball or she wants to hang out with her friends and she doesn't want to hang out with me as much in the kitchen. But I do try to get her at least once a week to come in and cook with me as part of like her that. 
I don't want to say chores, but you know, like, just to you know, I going. want you to try to do one because eventually I'm going to make her cook at least one or two a week. Like, this is going to be part of your thing where you're going to take over and you're going to do taco night. Sorry, and I'm going to I'm going to say that her future roommates will appreciate that because I went away to college and didn't Agreed. even know how to open a can. Like, it was awful. My roommate Thank had to you. teach me so much. Yes. <laughs> And I feel like there's a lot of kids because we're so busy and we're living in a time where I feel like the scheduling is like even more so than I was when it's I was crazy. a kid. Um, I think it's super, super important. You know, it really is. It, it totally Agreed. is. Yeah. With my kids, our our new thing is meat and defrosting meat because Ooh, that's they, a hard one. they have a aversion to anything raw. Like there's a lot we're working through over here. But, um, <laughs> but you're working through it. <laughs> you're working through it, man. We're working you're working through, through it. it. We're working through it. This is what my mom used to tell me all the time. This too shall pass. It right. Pass. This phase yeah. will not last forever and Mm -hmm. it's so true it's like when they were babies it was like trying to get them to sleep or eat or whatever it doesn't last they're not going to be graduating high school in diapers right this is what like literally my mom would say i'm like you're right mom i know pro tip for you if you haven't tried it joanne we bought costco size box of disposable gloves to get my daughter to start touching raw meat it got it was a start oh it that's a start and a direction that is a start and and is it because of germs or is it because she was like this is it's a texture loves it's a texture my daughter is the complete opposite and trying to get her to stop playing with slime still oh. is like driving me crazy. My daughter. Between fun. that and the between that and Orbeez, I'm like, oh. if I find any more Orbeez under my couch, I'm gonna Orbeez are the devil's toy. They ruined our sea. But it's so funny when my daughter was nine, she had a little farm, a secret farm of Orbeez growing underneath the bathroom sink, which we didn't know about for months. But she would like open Did she up. know about it. She knew about it. She knew about she okay. would open the cabinet and did like my, feed it. Did and my daughter it? have a hand in that? I, I have a feeling that probably sounds like something my daughter would have egged on. That is they, so they've funny. been friends since kindergarten. So I'm like, somehow that seems oh, like an Audrey inspired thing. Well, and then that's so on the slime funny. thing. Like, does she take your expensive shampoo, like your actual good shampoo to make slime? Oh, she's not allowed to, but she used to. <laughs> yeah, she used, oh, used to. My daughter man. did. Yeah, she used to. And now she takes her own allowance. If she wants it, she needs to go buy it, go to exactly. Michael's, get her stuff that she wants. And then she's not allowed to bring it out of the playroom. So because what happened was, is it was getting on my couch and getting, yeah, and As getting in places. Does. And I was just like, no, it's not good. So what do you have coming up that you're excited about? Well, besides the cookbook, which comes out September 26th, which is super, super exciting. And if you know how books are, and my husband loves to play this joke because he's like, well, I'm on book number seven, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just chill. Just all right? chill out there. Yeah. Um, I, I used to make a joke about my first book and I was like, it was like, talk about childbirth again. I keep bringing it back to that. I was like, it was like childbirth, but with four hard corners, yeah. you know, like it was really hard. And really difficult. And but you're so proud of it because it's like an imprint of your creativity, just kind of like your child. Right. right? Yeah. So super proud about that. You know, there's no work in other areas right now because, well, there's a strike. So um, so a book is what it is right <laughs> now. Right. But there's some other things being developed, which is really exciting, too. So hopefully I'll get to talk about those soon. But, you know, just trying to uh, raise happy, decent, healthy kids that, you know, are going to make hopefully a very positive impact in our in our society. And that that's right there is probably the biggest Absolutely job. Absolutely love yeah. that. Definitely. Well, it has been a complete joy talking with you, Tiffany. It is more than I ever oh, expected it to be. And be careful uh, with that ice bath offer that you gave me because I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> if I'm if I'm in town or if you guys, I'm telling you, just let me know. I have no problem. I'm I'm a huge oh, fan. Totally. So I want everybody. I want everybody to feel 
what I feel and I've been able to showcase to other people too. So I am all there for you, for sure. But if you do do it, if you do do it, I want to hear about I it. I will. Oh, I'll tag you. I'll, I'll put all. Joanne? I'll completely video document the entire experience. I got to say, the two of you have me moving. I'm like, I'm like 60% interested in doing ice this bath. now. That's actually a big jump okay. for me, Joey. Okay. I can tell you. It is a big jump. It is. It's hard. It's a big jump. It's hard to get back. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, I Tiffany. Love it. And we look forward yeah, to your same. cookbook. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'm still on a high. <laughs> the rest of my day is just going to look really boring in comparison oh, now that we interviewed Tiffany. I know. I know. It's it. Part of it is my like 10 year old self. Like I just remembering seeing her. Like I remember when she was in Teen Magazine and won their model search. And I, oh, really? I want to say that was well. Yeah, because like I would always like go in my sister's rooms and take their stuff. So I think me being like an elementary school i didn't have team magazine but my sister did and yeah and then just i, I wanted to marry zach morris growing up I, I swear he was my oh i think everybody he was did my kindred everybody soul. Wanted to marry zach and then morris. i married somebody named zach wasn't the same wasn't the wasn't. same no 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 it's not no. the name that i makes mean them. <laughs> it's like one of these things that like makes all like podcast dreams come true because i think like this episode, we're 200 episodes in now about, what, what? I believe. You know you know our count better. Oh, yeah. This is officially 198, but we have more than that because we don't count our bonus No Guilt Mom Win episodes. Oh, yeah. We number. don't count the bonus No so, Guilt Mom Wins, but we already have, uh, like, even though this is episode you know, 198, we already have, like, 208 in our repertoire, like, just waiting to come. So, yeah. yeah. So, here we are. We're, like, 200 episodes in. We're almost three years into podcasting, by the way, Brie. This September. Crazy. Marks our three-year mark. And this is Tiffany is our very first guest who I knew as a t- like I knew as a kid and I've like looked up to for such a long time and like all of our other guests I look up to as well. But I mean, it just shows you like how long it takes trying something and keep showing up until you really get to do like alt like super cool stuff. Not saying this podcast isn't cool. I think you know. Look at you making this a lesson. I, I know. I will make everything. I'm very good at that. My my kids are like, my kids are like, mom, you are very good at this. Not everything's a lesson, mom. I'm like, but it can. You sneak in the lessons like moms sneak in the veggies. Oh, yeah. Like you're you're good at no, that. Because I, I get really discouraged when I see people have success and it looks like it was an overnight thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, 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 like, why doesn't it happen so fast? And it doesn't really like you don't hear the backstory. You don't hear how long people have worked on things. You right. don't hear everything. So I just want to make that very, very apparent. It's been a while. <laughs> it, it's been a while. But you know what? OK, so so we were excited to see Tiffany regardless then- because of the fact that we were just excited about the podcast. Gage hits talk to her. But I have to say for a moment, I want to throw this in there like her cookbook. I'm excited about it. And I'm not actually like we talk about in the podcast. I'm not a real cookbook person. Like I'll take my I'll get a cookbook and maybe two or three recipes out of it that I enjoy. I was so excited seeing this because, again, her cookbook focuses on leftovers and how to repurpose them. Joanne, she has stuff I can eat in my whole thing. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love it. There's like I actually butternut squash quesadillas, I think is making our menu for next week. Like I've got to do that without the kids first so I can not burn it before they try it if you burn it just a little bit it's garbage according to my kids 
just garbage. According to my kids, too. It's a joke in the household that, like, I burn everything. I'm not allowed to cook French fries anymore in our air fryer because I somehow managed to burn them every... And we even bought an air fryer with a window so I could see them, and I still burn them. Oh, my them. gosh. So we, we learned a very important lesson last night. Cam and Eric were baking M&M cookies, and Cam usually does a microwave cookie along with baked cookies. Interesting fact. M&M's, what is a microwave? You, you, you like mix it. It's like making a cookie, but you can make it in the microwave. So it's faster. But M&M's burn in the microwave. All of a sudden, the candy shop, yeah. they like, and they smoke oh. a lot, a lot because uh, Cam, they put them in the oven and then Eric was in charge of watching it while Cam just went to use the bathroom. And I'm here laying on the couch with like body aches and I'm feeling sick. And all of a sudden, Eric's like, I smell smoke. I smell smoke. And he opens it and he goes in the kitchen. He's like, <laughs> this like plume of smoke comes out of our microwave and like oh no. yeah and the m and they were smoke like the m&ms were smoking real a lot like i brought them out and i put them on the stove and they were still smoking i put like the vent on the stove and everything so yeah m&ms in the microwave not recommended Wow. Isn't it great how these things happen like that? That's about the same way I learned that you can't put a Twix bar in the microwave. When I was about Eric's age, I really wanted a Twix bar. We had some in the freezer, so I threw one in the microwave. And the important thing to learn from that lesson is that there is aluminum in the uh, wrapper for a Twix bar. Your daughter learned that lesson about aluminum in the microwave at my house, actually. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a family trait. God, it was it was at it was at my daughter's birthday thing and they had plates with foil like foil designs on them you know how they're shiny and metallic oh. and so they put that in the yeah. microwave and all of a sudden i hear your daughter calling joanne joanne <laughs> and it's an actual fire in the microwave like we open it up and we're right? like right yeah thank god they called you because when i did it i was home alone and i had a cup of water just waiting to doss on the microwave thank goodness it went out on its own I probably would not be here talking. But I did that uh, with a power bar. Yeah. Like when I was a swimmer, I had a power bar in the freezer. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put this in the microwave. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's like fireworks. <laughs> yeah. And we all we all learn these things in little ways. We're just luckily some of us are, are more fortunate before things go all straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> they just they explode. make good stories. But for sure. So with Tiffany's cookbook, I, I love the fact that she like is fighting food waste. She's helping you come up with innovative ways to use what you already have, which helps you stretch the dollar, obviously, like when you're trying to come up with things, but or when you're trying to come up with a, a budget within the family, especially groceries, because groceries eat our budget to freaking nowhere's land. Like it's especially ridiculous. With teenagers. But oh, you would think, yeah. OK, so that was a question I had. I think they refuse to eat some things, but the things they do eat, they eat in large quantities. That was okay. I was like, so what do you do? Like that, that has been our problem is that so, uh, you know, my two kids, my daughter, I love her dearly. And she knows this. She hates it when we say it, but I don't know any better way to describe this that everybody will get it. She eats like a bird. She eats like a bird, like barely. She, she, she snacks all day long. It's a snacks, but it's very little. Yeah. It's, it's lots of little snacks, lots of little eating. So when I make dinner, I never know if she's going to eat a serving. My son, on the other hand, I know for a fact we're getting seconds, maybe thirds. So sometimes I'll make something and I'll be like, okay, so we're going to have enough leftovers that I can make this the next mm-hmm. day. But then in comes my oldest and all of a sudden all the leftovers are gone. And I'm just, I'm left with the healthy sweet potato mashed, mashed potatoes on the side, but I have no more rotisserie chicken for 
the pitas I was going to make the next day. All the protein goes away. All the protein. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 It's crazy. crazy. Go get Tiffany's cookbook. Just the pictures alone, I salivate over all cookbooks and just look at all the wonderful food pictures. And it is okay if it doesn't look like that when you make it. It's really the taste that counts. That's what I always tell myself. And a lot of pictures and food, it is not even edible. I used to do like food photography for the blog. And so I learned a lot of those tricks and stuff. And you like, I mean, in real commercial shoots, they'll replace like whipped cream with lard because it melts too fast under the lights. Whipped cream does syrup with like motor oil because you don't get the same blame on syrup. Although a lot of the food bloggers today don't use those tricks, but usually commercials and ads do. Or they'll spray it with something to make it shinier. I've seen that, like the spray lacquer type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's never, it's never quite, you know, edible sometimes. So you're seeing like this imperfect, this, this idea of perfection that doesn't exist. Not saying that Tiffany's cookbook is like that, but I'm just saying that like if you see something, it, it's unfair to compare. Let's just say it's unfair to compare because you don't know. You have no idea. But yeah, I get I get intimidated. But yes, like I can't. Yeah, I can't wait for her book because I was even hoping we'd get an advanced copy and they don't have them yet. I'm like, oh, man. So when it does come out, I am getting a copy of Here We Go Again. And I am definitely going to try this out because I again, I love the idea. My family knows so you want to make mom mad, throw out food. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, man. man. Yeah. And I even sometimes try to hide the expiration dates from my kids because I'm all like, listen, for many years, I part of my job was a community resource person. I worked in a food bank. I know those expiration dates are not no, what they say. they're not. They're not. <laughs> food can go a lot it longer. So. We have that discussion a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.